Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. By the way, you ought to go and do some cool things with YouTube and watch military men sing, These Are the Days of Elijah. They do it better than most churches. Because when you're on the front line, they know it counts. (laughs) But sometimes when we're in a service, we kind of like don't think much about it. But those men know and those women know that at any moment their lives may be at the end. For our benefit. So let me also mention this morning that we're going to go back to what is God looking for. And we're looking at God is interested in rock solid people. Our nation is not the nation it used to be. It can return, but it must return to the roots that were established. So this morning, we're looking at the word rock. I know the word rock in the natural brings up a lot of things, and many of us grew up in that era of rock and roll and all of that. Well, God is a rock, and He doesn't roll. He doesn't roll like we think it ought to roll. I said to uh, my wife in our devotions this week, and I want to encourage you to prove to yourself that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. The Bible says it's a dangerous thing to hear God's word and then not do God's word because it creates deception. (laughs) Also, I'd like to present to you uh, the most dangerous book on planet Earth called the Bible. (laughs) It's the most dangerous. Oh, pastor, how dare you say that? That will cause people not to read it. Did you know that when Jesus came, And I'm going to show you from Scripture, that would be the book, that he is called the rock of offense. (laughs) Jesus Christ will offend you if you're not building on the rock. Because when the storms come and you're in the sand, built by the sand master, remember now I'm trying to tie in last Sunday to this Sunday so that you can be able to connect. We found out that he's interested in a relationship with you. People were more interested in their relationships than this relationship. These down here, I'm not pointing at anyone, but these relationships down here will not provide eternal life for you. You must know the one that he sent to establish that relationship. Come on, church. So this morning, last week, we looked at the word rock and we found that he's interested in a relationship. With us. But listen, for all of our young people, it's always on his terms. It will never be on your terms. Jesus tried it in the garden. Come on, church. And he said, you know, this really isn't what I want to do. I'm kind of breaking it down a little bit. So if you're born and bred in the King James, that's going to be offensive to you. But Jesus in the garden did not want what the Father wanted from the human standpoint. 
But in his spirit, he wanted what his father wanted. And so he said, not my will, but yours be done. So that brings us to the second word. Listen, you may have a relationship with Jesus Christ tonight or today or this afternoon. See, I don't look to see if it starts right now. I'm just wondering in a 24-hour period, it could be tonight, it could be this morning, it could be this afternoon, but you must have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but it is on his terms. <laughs> Let me explain to you this way, because I know that there are some military people here. If you sign up to be a Marine, you're going to be what they want you to be, a Marine. They set the standard, and now you function according to that standard. Come on, church. The kingdom of Jesus Christ is his kingdom, and he's the king. When he brings me in, that means he purchases me. He brings me out of death into life. It's on his terms. You come into the family of God because of the blood, and not because of forward church or the number of years you've been in a church. I don't want to deceive anybody. Thinking like, wow, I got up early for five years to go to church. I must be worthy of the kingdom. The answer is no. (laughs) Without the shedding of his blood, there's no forgiveness for sins. So when I come to realize it's his kingdom and it's his way, that's not a big deal, really, is it? Because this world belongs to Satan. And you will do it his way. You think that's why he's called the deceiver. You think you're running the show, but he is operating that show. I went out of that kingdom. I went into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I no longer want to be a slave to this world. I no longer want to be a slave to the things that used to hold me captive. I want to be free. And oh, by the way, you saw the video. Freedom is not free. It's expensive. We had four military people on our campus this past week during the lunch hour. And um, it was amazing how the students have all kind of reasons why they're not interested in the military. (laughs) I wish they were as goal-oriented in day-to-day activity as they say they are in front of a military person. Good preaching pastor. Because, I mean, they lay out all these incredible plans that they have. But every one of those military people spoke to me and said, you know, we've been all over this country. And we hear that from kids everywhere. We know how to play dodgeball. Long as it's not costly. (laughs) Our country is where it is today because of those who have served and laid their lives down for us. You are where you are in God's kingdom because of Jesus Christ. Nothing that you've done. Nothing that I have done. I don't even deserve to be in the kingdom. You see, walking in the kingdom changes your perspective, but better than that, it changes your mindset. (laughs) And God wants to do both. He wants to give us a new nature, and he wants us to have a new mindset every day. And we are captivated by our culture. Let me give you an example, and I'll try to be very gentle with this. Tell students that you're going to change the culture and they will show you they're not changing. Let let me break this down so the kids don't feel like they're all alone. Tell the faculty and staff that they need to keep their doors locked 
and they will intentionally leave them unlocked. And then a tragedy happens on the campus, and guess who's legally responsible? Not only the district, but that teacher who left that classroom unlocked. There is an Adamic nature in us that doesn't like the rock. We're going to talk about the letter O today. Come on, church. Uh, (laughs) We don't like right, and we don't like to hear right until bad things happen. And then we look to see who we can point the finger at. But on the front end, we didn't want to do the right thing. What does that mean? If you're hanging out as a young person with young people who are doing drugs, who are involved with sexual activity, listen, it's only a matter of time you're going to be like them. I was one of them many, many years ago. But guess what? He bought me out. I didn't say brought. He bought me first. And I realized, wow, I'm a slave, and he had to purchase me so that I could get out of all of that. But listen, our old nature loves sin. We love sin. And I want to give you good information this morning from The Rock. There is pleasure in sin. I'm reading scripture right now. There is pleasure in sin for a season. But boy, do we hate when the season passes. We all do. (laughs) nothing stirs and grieves the student more than when they hear you say, I'll need to call your parents. Everything's copacetic until you need to make that call. And then everything changes. How many know so far I've told you the truth? Okay. What is God looking for? Well, he's looking for people who need a relationship with him. Even more than all the other relationships that everybody thinks is so important. Come on, church. I need to know that I know that I know him. And I want to know that he knows me. Where are you? I'm in scriptures right now. When Jesus will say someday to many, depart from me, I never knew you. Just because you speak his name, that doesn't mean you live his name. One of the things that grieved the heart of God more than anything else were people who could worship but never manifested what they worshiped. As in they would come and act like they're worshiping God and then go right back out and buy into the culture. (laughs) You might want to read the Old Testament to see how God felt about Israel when Israel wanted a dual relationship. Meaning... They wanted God, but they also wanted the idols of the world. You're not alone. It also bothers me how my flesh still craves and cries out for the old paths. Come on now. But that relationship that we need in Christ Jesus will lead us into a lifestyle. Are you ready for it? Obedience. I intentionally kind of... Drew that out. One of our faculty and staff leaders the other day came up to me, and I wasn't even talking about the word. And they said, hey, coach, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. They said, have you noticed how kids do not like the word obedience? I said, no, I've never seen that. (laughs) Of course not. No, kids embrace that. And, of course, we started laughing, (laughs) having some fun. But we are built to be disobedient. (laughs) It is a part of that old nature. 
It's not the way God wants us to be, but it's that which you've got to turn away from. We're going to talk about obedience. I'm only going to start this this morning. And this rock message about rock-solid believers is going to carry us right into the Christmas season. You know why? Because Jesus said yes before he arrived. Jesus was the Son of God before he became the little lamb in the manger. Come on now. But please don't look upon him any longer as a lamb. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. (laughs) Please don't see Jesus as like some little wimp. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. If you think he was so docile and like he was just kind of like out of it on the cross. Has anyone ever crossed you? Has anyone ever said anything they should never have said and you wanted to say something in return? Well, Jesus had a host of that for over, mm, let's say, at least six hours on the cross, at the cross. And he didn't have much to say about it. Come on, church. He found the answer in the garden, didn't he? In the garden. By the way, you always go to the garden before you go to the cross. (laughs) And what you say in the garden, are you here this morning, will determine if you go to the cross. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about being a substitute for somebody else or that you're dying for something in you. No, 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 no. We're talking about saying goodbye to what always wants to be on top. It's when we're willing to say, I'm done with that idolatrous idea. I'm done with that thought. I'm done with that mindset. I'm done with that activity. I won't play there any longer. I said to some students this week who were in the office for just a pleasant conversation, I said, which is it today? Are you on a merry-go-round or are you on the Ferris wheel? And that's where many, not just teenagers, that's where many live day after day after day. And they invite you to join them on the merry-go-round, which never goes anywhere. And then on the Ferris wheel, which is controlled by someone below you, and they determine when you get to get up. <laughs> But rock-solid people like Tom Hammonds and Kelly Shepard were men who I watched for over 28 years who were men who walked in obedience. Hmm. Let me explain it to you this way. And Tom would probably, since he was a big-time state wrestler, he is a former Marine who fought in the war. If he was here right now where he always used to like to sit, Tom would come up here and he would pin me. Quickly, he was a ferocious wrestler, and he did a great job here also at Buholtz High School, and his son became a state wrestler. But let me say this about Tom and his obedience. Both of us have higher education, but his was in the depth of theology, but he never allowed that to be a trigger point in his life. Come on, church. See, if you can't even get a hold of the practical stories, what's going to happen when I start giving you the bread of life? Are you going to choke on the bread? Are you going to enjoy the bread? Or is the bread going to be offensive to you? Hmm. One church. Man, I love to be under the sound of good biblical teaching. And so Tom would be upset right now, and I'm sure he's talking to Kelly going, there he goes again. There he goes again. I've tried to tell. I'm just saying, there he goes again, Kelly. 
with all of his training and all of his Oral Roberts University and all that he did with Oral Roberts as a person, Tom never put anything out there so that you would think he was more than that. He knew how to walk obediently with Jesus Christ. Many of our young people today don't know how to walk obediently because they don't have very good role models. <laughs> Obedience is easy to speak of. Obedience is difficult to live. When I raise my hand like that, I am identifying myself in that message. As God speaks to you, he's speaking to me. And he's inviting me to be rock solid, just like Kelly, just like Tom. But you know what our society teaches? Well, I saw him go down in the tomb. I saw him go down in the grave. I saw him go down in the hole. Okay, next, let's go. And we don't even ponder those that the Lord removes out of our lives. And we don't even try to figure out, why now, God? (laughs) This could be a heart-wrenching message this morning. If you are a rock-solid person, it's going to make you (laughs) rock-solid. In Psalm 61, verse 2, we used this last week. When my heart is overwhelmed... But see, we don't even want to confess that. Thank God for David. David told the truth. All you got to do is read. All of his history is right there. (laughs) Well, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There, There will always be, even if you don't bow to him, there will always be one that will be greater than you and greater than me. His name is the rock, Christ Jesus. Would you give him praise in the house this morning? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father God. Sabrina stopped by the other night before service, and uh, we had a few moments together, and, and I went through a prophetic moment with her. And where has that gone within the body of Christ? No, I mean real prophecy. Where has that gone? And where are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Where, where are the gifts today in the body of Christ? I didn't say forward. I said in the body of Christ. Jesus died for more than just a relationship with you. He wants to see the demonstration of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. I think that's preaching right there. And so after we did a prophetic moment together and Joshua was included in that I turned to her and I said, I want to be as real and as authentic as I can be because you may not know this, but you need to know this since you're my sister in the Lord. I said, I haven't even started the process of grief yet for my brother Kelly. And I said, I'm just saying to you, it's a lot deeper than our culture. And if you're here this morning and you've lost some loved ones, and I say lost, meaning they've gone on to be with the Lord, I want to encourage you to embrace every one of those moments, every one of those emotional moments, every one of those memory moments. I want you to embrace that. Last night, Joshua and I took a break from football and built a little fire, and he sat out there for a little bit, and then he was gone. But that's the hour in which we live. And I just stayed by the fire. And I opened up one package And I began to reflect. We're so shallow as a... I'm talking about the rock-solid people. We're so shallow in our society that we don't open any packages, but at Christmas. We don't open any packages and begin to reflect upon what people have done and how they've ministered to you and how they've been there in the darkest hours of your life. We don't remember those things, but boy, do we go down the slide when the enemy shows up. 
And so in 2 Samuel 22, 32, and I put these in late so they won't be on the screen this morning. How many know that late's better than never? How many know it's better to get it done than not to try? 2 Samuel twenty two thirty two. we're talking about the rock. For who is God beside the Lord? And who is a rock besides our God? And then back to Psalm 18, verse 31, it says, For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? And then 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2. Here again, listen. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. Would you give Jesus Christ a big round of applause? He's the rock of ages. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See, if I was in a motivational moment right there, I would say a lot more. But one of the songs that were sung, and Father, I just thank you for your presence this morning here in this house and on this platform. And I give you praise for that, and I trust the Holy Spirit of God. In your name, I thank you. Amen. One of the things that I will never forget when I was a child was the uh, homegoing of Winston Churchill. And it was an honor and a joy to be able to actually go into that cathedral where his service was held. Back many years back when Chris, who's here today, he was with us and we were able to go into that cathedral. And one of the songs that were sung, and of course, we were listening to it here in our country by radio. But see, we don't even know anything about history. And you listen to kids, they'll tell you they're bored about history. But let something go down in this nation, then all of a sudden they want the right people to step up. But the song that was sung, and I began to pray that, and then immediately the Holy Spirit reminded me, they sang in that incredible cathedral, Rock of Ages. Watch. Let let me just bring you into where the culture is today. Oh, that's so boring. Oh, there's nothing. I can't stand that song. Well, why don't you think about a little history and how one man was willing to stand against Adolf Hitler, and he said in front of Parliament, never give up, never give up, never give up. When the passion goes down in the house of the Lord, when the passion goes down in this nation, this nation will go down. Bank on it. Bank on it. Bank on it. One of the great things that the enemy attacks is your passion. He wants to drain you of passion. That's why sometimes when your children are disobedient and you hold the line and you hold the line and you hold the line and they continue to be disobedient and deliberately disobedient, what happens is it begins to break down your will. But that's when you run to the garden. You run to the garden and you get on your face before the Lord and you simply say, your will trumps my will. Give me your will. By all means, I must have your will. Yes, give God praise. Give the Lord praise. (laughs) And there's a flash, a news flash that just came across my mind. And it's the story of Jim Elliott and the other missionaries that were down there in South America. And they were told not to go so deep. God wants you to go deep. Into the love of Jesus, deeper and deeper I go. And then he said to the disciples, I need for you to launch out into the deep. (laughs) When you have a shallow culture, you have a shallow church. And we love our culture. 
<laughs> just like the Jews loved all the idolatry around them. <gasps> Gosh, did you hear that? Did you hear, Pastor, what he just said? If you're a cultural person, you're walking in idolatry. Absolutely. 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 But what are you doing this morning, Pastor? Why are you talking about obedience? Because two men in less than one year who were rock-solid believers in this house and this ministry wouldn't even exist today without Tom Hammonds and his family. And how many times, and I knew Lauren didn't even want us to really be there on Sunday after Sunday. They opened up their home. Not that she didn't love us and care, but it was like they had to open up their home so we could come in and have service in their home. If it wasn't for the Hammonds and if it wasn't for Kelly and Sabrina, we wouldn't be here today. Watch this. See how small that is? If we forget all those veterans who have served and laid down their lives and their lives were shattered and bodies were never brought back home. If we forget that, this nation will collapse. I just saw someone take off with an Ohio flag through, through, throughout heaven. And his name is Junior. I'm playing at that point. But I really did see in my spirit, in my eye, and I'm not talking about an Ohio State flag at this point. I saw Junior stand up. I have not yet met Junior. He is my, my dad's brother, and he was one of those men who went down at Pearl Harbor, and he was never recovered. His body was never retrieved. And now we got multi-millionaire, oh, no, Pastor, please don't talk. Oh, God, get off the platform. Now we have multi-millionaire football players who will not even recognize the flag, and there's bodies that have never yet been brought home. I'll preach on. Just a couple more moments, and I want to just begin to lay this for next week. We're talking about the rock and developing rock-solid people. Rock-solid people are people that have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And see, we have gone so far overboard in all these other relationships that we don't even know what to do with Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Diedrich Bonhoeffer was a man who stood in opposition to Adolf Hitler. He was a man who was called from his parents' home, and his parents were very influential. Very influential. A doctor and all of that stuff. But they called. They, here they came, and they knocked on the door, and they called for Diedrich. There goes all the relationships, and they take Diedrich off. And Diedrich knew that it was going to be the end. He knew it was going to be the end. But he wasn't going to reject the will of God for the will of a man. Good preaching, Pastor. (laughs) But it wasn't over because he was so rock solid in his faith with Jesus Christ that even when they took him out to become a martyr and they stripped him of all of his clothes and he's standing there naked, he still would not reject Jesus Christ. Where are those men today? So I make an appeal today for men and for women. I'm not asking you to go take your clothes off. I'm asking you to put your life in right relationship with Jesus Christ. And as like my cousin prays over my life every Sunday, let the chips fall where they may. But we're scared of that. Come on now. We're scared. Come on now. Do you have... Let the chips fall where they may. And that brings me back as that plane begins to hover over that area in South America. We're almost there, church. We're almost there. 
And they had been warned about going too deep, way too deep. No, these people are cannibalistic. These are people that eat other people. And Jim Elliott and Nate Saint and the other three men said, No, we hear the call of God. We see the vision that God has. (laughs) Hold on. And a girl's lie caused the death. Of all five. Did you know that? You ought to go back and read. Go back and watch the movie. At the end of the spear. One little girl's lie. One little boy's lie. Maybe in another arena. But this one was a girl that lied. To the tribe leaders. And that set it all off. And all five missionaries. Though they saw the vision of what God was going to do. And that God was going to use them. Little did they get to see. All of the sovereignty of that vision. Oh, I'm preaching right now. I'm preaching right now. We love visions from God as long as he gives us the whole picture from Alpha to Omega. Let me see all of the vision. Don't tell me that in the middle of this I can lose my life. I'm Jim Elliott from Wheaton College. There's no way that I'm going to go down there and have my life taken. But yes, his life was taken. But did you know that ultimately the person that speared him became a follower of Jesus Christ and he is a preacher of the gospel. Rock solid. Rock solid. Rock solid. Rock solid. Rock solid. (laughs) Stop laughing, Kelly. Stop laughing, Tom. I'm coming. Not right now, but I'm coming. (laughs) And the party will continue. Rock solid. Rock solid. There isn't a day that goes by whenever I'm crossing the campus and I go by that small track. Every time I see that blue door, I think of Tom and how many times we would go in there and we would pray and Mary Wells would come down the steps and around the corner and she said, I figured, I figured, y'all need to get ready to get to your morning duty. Yes, ma'am. I figured she knew what we were doing. We were taking a few moments to pray just for a few moments, and cover the day, and cover the students, and cover the school. Where are the men and women who will pray? First Peter chapter 2. In a moment, we're going to have communion together. Listen closely to God's word, so that everything that I have shared with you this morning is now backed up by the most dangerous book in the world. <laughs> That's why a lot of people stay out of it. I'm not talking about lost people. And coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by men. If you feel moments of rejection, I have good news for you. You're in a good relationship with Father. His son was rejected by his own people. Come on now. But his choice and precious in the sight of God. Listen, listen. What man rejects, God receives. That might be a note. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Stay with me. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Stay tuned. Are you going through a valley of disappointment right now? Stay tuned. Do you feel like you're going through some rejection wherever you are? Stay tuned. The cornerstone's coming through. (laughs) Oh, let the church be able to just... uh, uh, mm. 
Listen closely. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone stumbling. Because some of you were saying, I cannot believe. Pastor said Jesus is offensive. Well, let me say it again. Jesus Christ is offensive to our old nature. Here's the rest of the word. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. And to this doom they were also appointed. Next Sunday we're going to take a trip into the old covenant. And I want us to take a look at three men who walked in obedience. I have good news for you. If you think that following Christ will keep you out of the fiery furnace, you don't know the right Christ. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's next week. It's already ready, but I'm not going to go there this morning. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three young men, teenage men, who refused to do what King Nebuchadnezzar said to do. You got that in your backbone? You're going to obey God at that level? Can't wait for next Sunday. Because I want to be around rock solid people. And I want to see when my life is complete that there are people who are just simply rock solid. (laughs) I have been thinking over the last couple of weeks since God's beginning to develop what he's looking for. I've been looking for rocks. Not everybody looks for rocks, but I look for rocks. I just go out looking for rocks. <laughs> and, wow, man, the Holy Spirit is so present. In fact, the Bible says that when that big mouth Goliath, we all have them, <laughs> he has passed, but the spirit that dwelled in him still exists. When we're facing those rugged moments and Goliath is in our face, why don't we just be like David? Just a little old shepherd boy. Really wasn't trained for this, but he found some stones. Oh, my goodness. And he didn't just stand in praise. He ran to the battle. And when he got to the battle line, he didn't talk about David and his her- heritage And what kind of a shepherd boy he had been. And the lion that he had destroyed. He just simply said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Well, God did the rest. And God will do the rest for you. God will do the rest for you. If you and I will be willing to leave the cultural pastures. And pick up that living stone. That's what the Bible says you are. Pick up that living stone and say, yes, Lord, and run to the battle and become victorious in Christ Jesus. You might be here this morning, and um, I, I probably would be safe in saying that we are all members of the body of Christ. But if you're anything like me, and hopefully you're not, you're better. But I definitely have moments of disobedience. That crazy thing still stalks me. And if you'll be honest with yourself, disobedience stalks you too. Let me give you an example. I mean, if it's not practical, it's not biblical. I've been trying to say that for seven years here in Chiefland. So all of our students know that the girls that have their shorts, shorts fingertip, they intentionally will roll it up. 
That's the voice of disobedience. Guys know that they're not to bring any alcohol or drugs on campus. So we got guys that are parking over in Save-A-Lot. You think I was born last night? I know what's going down. (laughs) See, God didn't call you to come and have church. He said you are the church. So I'm on the front line out there. On the front line. Trying to protect lies. So we don't have any more Rashid Shalom. The Heisman Trophy boy who took his life and didn't even know anything about drugs until he got into the pros. But he left the suicide note just blocks away from Colorado University. And he said, marijuana was my gateway drug. And he won the Heisman Trophy. And he committed suicide. I told you there's a culture out there And what the church is trying to do, what the three boys wouldn't do, is we're trying to compromise so we can all get along. Well, if we can all get along, why is there hell? Why don't you answer that theological question? You know why there's a hell? Because people don't want to bow at the cross. I'm good enough. I don't need his blood. You'll never see me get in the garden. You're never going to see me get on my knees. And say, not my will, but your will be done. Oh, my goodness. Heaven's not cheap, ladies and gentlemen. That's the most expensive reward we can ever receive. Tell you one other thing. And I don't try to make people feel bad. I said to Robin the other day, another day in our devotions, I said, let me tell you what I believe is missing in the body of Christ. Conviction in the house of the Lord. We do not want to come under anything that has a convicting note to it. Don't convict me. Make me feel good. Well, bless God, I'm not on the Titanic, and you can put that stuff away. Ship's going down. You can keep playing all you want. But, man, there's a leak in this ship, and I don't know why you keep playing, because it ain't changing nothing. This sucker's going down. If I'd have been on that thing, I'd have probably thrown those things overboard. No, I'm that kind of person. Like, what the heck? There's no need for you to be singing that now. We did not listen to all the signals, and we were going to be able to show the whole world how great the time. Doesn't that sound like pride? Listen, I never want to open up that powerful, dangerous, life-giving book without it bringing conviction in my life. That's the sign of a dead person. I like it when God's word convicts me. I love to have God's word convict me. That tells me who I belong to. <laughs> Friday night, I took a date night. Aren't you done? Yeah, pretty much. Took a date night with Robin. Went out for supper, and then we went. I wanted to see this movie called Something About Heroes. And it's the true story of those 19 to 20 men that laid their lives down. They were called hot spot firefighters. Hot shots. What? There you go. But see, I was so wrapped up in crying and laughing at the same time because I saw Kelly and I saw Tom. Then I saw this couple who was one of the leading guys. Man, he got into disagreements and arguments and all that kind of stuff with his wife. But my goodness, it was incredible. God can heal your marriage. God can put you back out on the front line. God can do the the most incredible things if you just choose to say, I'm going to be obedient. 
And so this morning, I'm not going to ask that you come to the front, but maybe there's an area in your life where you've not been walking obedient with the Lord. Let, let me say this because it's in Corinthians. In a moment, you're going to get to come and have communion. You know what communion's all about? It reminds me of his obedience. And that's what he expects of me. When I pick up the bread and I grab the cup, it reminds me as he was, so am I. So when you take communion this morning, you're saying to your heavenly father, this week I will be obedient to you. By the way, Paul said, people are sick among you because they take communion in an unworthy fashion. So maybe you would like to stand before we have communion and we can all pray together, including me in the prayer. Father, wherever I've been disobedient this week, go ahead and turn the light on because I want to be more like Jesus. And we sang much about Jesus this morning. See, this is not making you try to feel bad, but I'm trying to stop some of the leaks that are in the dam at Tacoa Falls College. As I shared with some students this week, and I'm not going to go back over that. You need to check and make sure there's no leaks. Because if there's a leak and that dam breaks, rut row. But Father, this is what we want this morning. Show us where we have been walking in disobedience and open defiance. At work, at home, in school, on the job. Driving through 25 miles an hour when the speed limit's 15. I don't care. I don't care what they say. I don't do whatever I want. Do. Nye, nye, nye. Oh, yeah. Down to earth, practical preaching. I'm not wearing my seatbelt. I don't care what the law says. That is called disobedience. God, thank you for blessing me with everything I have. I am not paying my time. I'll do whatever I want. That is called disobedience. Watch out for the rock. Dennis Weber's not the rock. I'm just a lively stone, but I know who the rock is. Here's a moment for you to stand before we have communion and simply say, my acts of disobedience I bring to the foot of the cross right now. And I want the blood of Jesus Christ poured out all over those. Those that are standing, you're not standing alone. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.